Hello and welcome to the How to Not Marry a Jerk podcast. This is a countercultural conversation about how to do relationships the biblical way. I hope in all that we say, you hear the loving voice of a father who's got a great future for you. My name is Nate Swanson. I'm the lead pastor at New City Church in Great Falls, Montana. I am joined by my beautiful wife, Rachel. Hey, it's me. Our church's youth pastor, Aaron Seibrant. Hello. And his amazing wife, Megan. Hey. Come on, let's dive into today's discussion. And we're back. Ready for another discussion? It is episode six. Who's excited to be here today? I'm really excited. Yeah, I am. Good. Good. It's been a bit of a break. We haven't recorded for a while. So here we are. We're trying to hit it hard and get a few episodes out today. And we've eaten. We have eaten. I don't Come know on if now. any of you thought we went off the rails in one of our previous episodes. It could have been a couple of them when we were fasting. Yeah. That yeah. happened. We were a little unfiltered at times. Let's just true. say food is good for the brain. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's true. But not always for the soul. So that's why we and fast. And not always for the hips either. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I got a question to uh, start us off. In fact, uh, I'm going to give your, you a choice between one of two questions. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. So you can answer that's either this question. Uh, is there anything that you could have been fired for at a previous job? Whether they learned about it or not. Maybe, maybe your boss knew and they had mercy on you. Or... You got away with it because nobody found out it was you. Mm. But had they learned, you probably would have gotten canned. So that's question number one. What could you have been fired for? Um, And then secondly, uh, bad financial purchase. One that you were convinced was a good one at the time. And you look back now and you just think, I was such a dummy. Mm. I probably have more of those than my wife. (laughs) Well, I think I'd probably have the opposite of those like things. I should have been like, dang it, I should have bought that because I... Just not buy things. All right. So what do you got? Dive in. Um, Who's got it? I, the only thing I can think of is I worked at Cold Stone in high school. And I remember. That's funny. That alone <laughs> is funny. Have you seen, seen the jingle for us? No, I when definitely When somebody gave cannot. you a tip? Oh, oh yeah. What do you do? Oh, so Did you love much. it or hate it? You I don't hated see... it. Here's a tip. Here's a tip. I don't know what the jingle what did they is. Do? It's been like over 10 years. You worked there. Okay, but I don't remember it. But this was in the era where they were doing the jingles way more often because Coldstone was new in Great yeah. Falls. And so, yeah, it was the hot thing. Oh, my goodness. They yeah. say when you did. And I worked there during the summertime. Anyhow, um, I worked there also during the school year, and it was much slower during the school year. So I was on my phone a lot. And one time the boss caught me on my phone and really chastised me for that. And oh. I mean, I don't think I could have been fired at that moment because I was like a decent employee but mm-hmm. i think if i had continued that habit i'm sure they would have saw that as a reason to yeah. let go of me yeah no more playing with your phone young lady yeah and also the eye rolls during the jingle song <laughs> <laughs> like sing louder sing louder she's like there's a tip there's a tip <laughs> no it's more like arms crossed like whatever and she sings now it's me like 
<laughs> Looking I'm down so at the ice cream really that. awkwardly like, oh, I'll just thing. finish the song. Was there any combos of like certain ingredients that you hated because they were harder to mix The than peanut others? butter was the worst oh, to clean off. Yeah. So if people wanted peanut butter in their ice cream, it's like you had to, it didn't, you couldn't just like stick it in the water and rinse it off like you could with yeah. like the Oreos or something. Mm. You had to go back and wash your whole spatula off and it was like just there was like years oh. where i was like i hate washing peanut butter off stuff we we should clarify for we have a huge international following that may not yeah. be familiar with cold stone. <laughs> yeah peanut absolutely. butter has um oil in it cold stone is an ice cream place it, yeah you, you wouldn't get it so. <laughs> <laughs> i just see and no we don't in case you're checking our details we do not have a huge following of any kind international or domestic but we love those who listen. Shout out to somebody you know who listens. Come Ooh. on. Who's somebody that you know listens? Allison. Yay. Elisa. PJ. I can think of no one. Who was it that sent a text? Uh, Kevin sent a text. Oh, oh yeah. Kevin listens. Kevin. Oh, Caleb hey, sent it. Oh, 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 no last names. Oh, sorry. Strike that from the internet. Yeah. AI is going to have a field day with Caleb. We will be celebrating <laughs> when you guys are not married to a jerk. Amen. Oh. Amen. Seriously. Oh, Caleb, don't marry a jerk, okay? Keep listening, so buddy. Caleb, yeah. you're worth it. Uh, okay, quick shout out to Caleb for like the reason he sent a text. I'm Caleb, you may not even know. I love this. Uh somebody divulged to us that you sent them a text based on one of the recent episodes and just said, you know what? Let's talk more about this. So I love that you're like, you're willing to not just listen, mm, but to like sort through it, yes. get input, get guidance, and, and try to really lean in. So way yeah. to go, Caleb. Yeah. Very proud of it. And any, I love people. If any ladies. People. If any ladies are listening, Caleb's doing the homework, girls. Yeah. Oh my doing god, Caleb is dying. Wait, we right should now. launch a dating service from this pre-approved. Oh, oh that's not jerks. You just ruined our season two surprise. Oh, that oh. Is, yeah. Sorry, my bad. Okay, back to our question. Back to our question. Yeah, uh, I can actually think of a time. It you might be able to still see it on Facebook, but one time I was working at the golf course, and I was. Being a good practitioner of sleep at that point in my life, no, I was not. And uh, my coworker took a picture of me passed out uh, in the seat at work oh, and man. posted it to the internet. So it's shocking that I didn't get uh, in trouble with yeah. my boss for sleeping on that the job. Funny. So, are you yeah. a better practitioner of sleep now? Yes, actually, I didn't even know that was a thing you could. It be. is. It's yeah. a. You go to school for it. I used to say this thing: you could survive on four hours of sleep. <laughs> Kramer and, said something similar. Did he? Kramer, yeah. He's like, oh, the master. He read a book about Leonardo da Vinci. Anybody? Oh, yeah, yeah. Shout out, shout out in the comments. <laughs> I don't even know who what I'm talking to about. To Kramer? Yeah, or what? Okay, come yeah. on, Kramer. I was going to say shout out in the comments if you remember that Seinfeld episode, but there's, there's no commenting on podcasts. No. I'm so out of my depth here. Oh. oh, my goodness. I'm an idiot. You know, if ever a time were to get fired, it might be this one. No, I did come up with one, though. <laughs> when I asked the question, I didn't have an answer, but one came to mind as we were talking. My one of my first jobs outside the home, like I, I grew up working for my dad in a variety of ways, but my first job, I believe that I was actually paid for that was outside of our house was working for oh gosh, a mechanic. Do you remember this? One? Yes. This a mechanic a one. shop in Manhattan, Montana. And my job, I mean, I had a variety of odd jobs, but my first job was basically like scrub by hand with a toothbrush and a Brillo pad, this entire like huge car wash, like the whole walls. It's like they had what? limes and scale, scales and grime and everything built up that I had to scrub. So 
it's day one. I'm like, whatever. I mean, this is easier than working for my dad and I get paid a lot more. So I'm happy. And so the guy's kind of giving me the orientation on day one. And he's like, no, show up at this time, leave at this time. This is how much you'll get paid. This is your stuff. And for lunch, you know, just take, you know, whatever, you know, whatever lunch hour you want to take is fine. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, cool. And I was like, that's fantastic. That's really good news. Cause I lived out of town. I was never around my friends. Now I'm in town. My friends are nearby. I could walk right over my buddy's place and I'm like, I could take whatever lunch I want. So lunchtime, I decide I walk over to my buddy's house, Casey Burns. Shout out to Casey Burns. Oh, I know you're listening. Casey. And Come there was now. a girl, one of our classmates that happened to be hanging out at his house that day. I had a huge crush on her. And so there's no way I'm going to leave Casey alone with this girl. <laughs> and my boss said I didn't have to hurry back. So, so I'm just like the opportunity. shooting the breeze for hours. And we're hanging oh, out outside. No. I see my mom driving up the street. I'm like, why is my mom in town? Nathan! <laughs> hey, mom, what are you doing? Just uh, just hanging out. You're supposed to be at work. Like, oh, yeah, but my boss said, you know, like, my lunch hour was whatever. That means he's not strict. That means you can take half an hour, 45 minutes, an hour. Like, but you're supposed to go back to work. Like, However long it takes you to eat a sandwich yeah, yeah, is yeah, how yeah, long yeah. you have. Yeah. Like, that's, that's really that's really good to know. So I go back to work, and of course, just got roasted mercilessly by this guy. He thought it was more funny than, you know, reason for firing me. But he had a good laugh. Gave me a hard time about girls all summer oh, long. Oh, man. The fact that your mom showed up makes that story incredible. It was fantastic. <laughs> if you know my mom, that's a pretty good imitation of my Linda mom. Linda Swanson. That is my impression of my mom. Nathan! 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 I love my mom. She's incredible. She, she is. She incredible. Is. And she tracked me down. Had no. This is before cell phones. Yeah. She had no way of knowing I was at Casey Yeah, Burns that's house. a good point. Didn't it's mom intuition. She knew where I was. That of course, there's exciting. 14 homes in the Yeah, whole I town, wonder so. how many houses she went to before. Yes. Let's research that before the podcast, the next podcast, and find out an answer for okay. our listeners. I think yeah. they'll want to know. Uh, you could email us at podcast at newcity.church if you want to mention the Seinfeld episode and or guess how many homes Linda Swanson had to go to in order to find me on <laughs> or, that fateful day. Or just ask a question that you might have. Yeah, in this. people could e- email mm-hmm. us questions. That's right. That's yeah. true. We have future Q&A episodes upcoming. They will feature your questions if you send them in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited about that one. Okay, sorry. I took way too much time No, on it's that. okay. Like every other um, thing Okay, so <laughs> my, you guys are like just not terrible. Oh, I have other stories. <laughs> I know. I was like, <laughs> I can't think of like a wholesome story that's like for family listening. Um, We're about to change our rating on this. Podcast. I know, literally ahead, every honey. single one is just bad. But I worked. We're at, all imagining the worst now. Yeah. So. You okay. Well, I'll just share this one, I and I may not give all full disclosure. So, I worked in an office downtown, and I'll just say the mailroom people were very bad influences and should not. Not be married to. So they are, in fact, jerks. And um, <laughs> that's all. I would have been fired for the things that happened. <laughs> I'm, 
instantly picturing Nothing the scene from is. Elf, and I'm kind of thinking, it makes sense. Those guys were dancing. They should have been okay, working. Okay, thank you, because it would be more like that. Okay, I was going to, yeah, you More like see. that than it would be maybe hanky-panky if everyone was thinking in that. Oh, <laughs> we absolutely It wasn't were. hanky-panky. Yeah. You are every shade of red. And this yeah. is the most interesting this podcast has ever been to me, because I've never heard this story. I'm just picturing them sending love letters inconspicuously to like see more butts see more butts is there (laughs) with like perfume and lip you know because they work in the mail room and then it it does the suck up thing (laughs) do that right into the mic Ah, that was really good it was good it was good my guess is they, they were using the letters as credit cards on each other before they took them around. I don't know what my guess was. I don't know if I should say it because I was like, what? You know what? Why don't we just call it a day? Yeah. I don't think we're yeah. getting anywhere substantive with this episode. We're just going to call it quits. So thanks for listening and we'll see. No, I'm kidding. That was right. the cleanest story I could think <laughs> Where have you worked? You are not painting yourself in a good book. None of us yet know what you're talking about, so we're all imagining the worst. Well, I clearly said no hanky-pank. Okay. That's good. There was none of that. All right. And I, as the person who married you, am glad to hear that. Yeah. Good. I would never think of that organization. (laughs) All right. Okay, so... uh, Great company, bad mailroom. Here's where the question is leading. Did we all answer it? Yeah, Yeah, we did. Yeah, we we did. did. So here's where the question is leading. We're going to start to get into some specifics, and um, some of the specifics today are going to revolve around money. We never really got into bad uh, financial choices. Mm -hmm. Maybe we can talk Mm -hmm. more about that later. Um, We're going to get into a little bit of talking about money and talking about uh, work, and the reason is because... um, we, we, in recent episodes, in recent past episodes, we talked about this idea of there are ways that you can actually evaluate who is the person that is ready to be in a relationship with you. And more so at the end of that episode, we talked about like, if you're looking for this person, your priority in finding them should actually be becoming the person that would be attractive to that right. person. So we listed off six different traits. We talked, uh, we, we're not going to give the whole list now. You can listen to that episode if you haven't yet. Um, but we, we talked about six different traits that we should actually be allowing the Holy Spirit to develop in our life. Six different values we should allow the Holy Spirit to, to develop in our life. And here's our contention is that um, these these six values, these six commitments are important because they they actually work at a deeper level. There's mm-hmm. character that's formed in us when we to go with the analogy we discussed, when we overcome that hurdle in our in our race of faith, in our pursuit of God. Um, and so we're, we're going to, we're going to go back and forth. I'm sure as we talk these through in terms of like the, the value and, and uh, the overarching idea of walking with God and walking with him by faith. And these aren't just uh, doing things, but these are really allowing God to change our hearts. So, so I, I don't want to, I don't want to overemphasize that now or, or get, um, get, get caught up in describing uh, the idea that this isn't religion, but this is relationship. It's responding to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. It's responding to the voice of God. But the, the idea that we want to really lean into in this episode is we want to take two of those and we want to look at them in closer detail. Why should I be, number one, why should I be known for uh, good 
work ethic. Why should I be a person? Why does it matter for my future marriage? Not just to look for somebody who has a good work ethic, but why does it matter that I am a person who is known for, keywords, mm-hmm. known for a good work ethic? Yeah. And um, I, I want to I wanna start, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to give like just a, a quick... I don't know. I'll, I'll try to give like a two, three minute overview uh, just by reading some scripture and then giving some thoughts on this. And then I want to kind of open it up to, I, I want to hear your thoughts. Why do you believe this is important? And then we're going to wrap around to this idea. What do I do if I'm listening today? And I'm, I, I'm, I just got to be honest, I'm not known for a good work ethic. And we'll, we'll talk more about what that looks like and what it doesn't look like. But what do I do if I find myself really tripping on this hurdle and saying that is not a value in my life. So, um, I, I will say we might lose some people right off the bat here. I, I want to, I need your help. Uh, the three of you, I need your help. Not sounding like just, I don't, I don't, I don't want there to be a collective Gen Z groan on the other side of this thinking, okay, boomer. (laughs) But, but I do believe what we're talking about is valuable. Um, and it's very, very biblical. Let me just throw out some scriptures and we'll get to work. All right. So how do I, and why would I want to be somebody who's known for a good work ethic? Let's look at what the Bible says about this. I want to fire off several scriptures. All right. Mm -hmm. Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. Since you know that you'll receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Here's a, here's a a foundational understanding in case you're thinking like work sucks. Work is the worst work is like, I I don't like work. Every job I've ever had, I've struggled with. Remember this, that uh, in Genesis 2 15, right at the very beginning, it says the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. So work came before sin. In case you're thinking like we live in a sinful, broken world and we got to work. Work actually predated sin. And, and I believe what God wants to do among a variety of other things is through your work experience, he wants you to see the joy of partnering with the creator and bringing his kingdom and his, his value system into any environment wherein you work. You've got a skill set. You've got understanding. You've got, uh, you've got passion and conviction and the personality that God wants to allow to be seen through your work. Let me th- throw out a few more scriptures. It says, uh, the, the Proverbs is just chock full of them. Uh, Proverbs 14, 23, all hard work brings a profit, mm-hmm. but mere talk leads only to poverty. Proverbs 6, 6 to 11, go to the ant, you sluggard. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Go to the ant. You say, like, look at the ant, consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a bandit. Scarcity like an armed man. There's so many more. Let me, let me throw out just one more. In 2 Thessalonians 3, it says, if a man will not work, he shall not eat. If a man will not work, he shall not eat. And, and I'm honestly, I'm cutting the list short. There's so many more that I could say. Yeah. Like I said, Proverbs is full of them. But there is a strong emphasis in scripture on this idea that you really have to learn how to work hard. And it's tied up in this value, which I believe is kind of the key with associating it with a marriage relationship, 
is that you have to be able to look past the specific task I'm on. I have to be able to look past the specific task that I'm given, the specific job that I'm on, the specific supervisor that's directly over me. Mm-hmm. And I have to be able to, to find purpose in it, knowing that I'm serving God. That's what yeah. it, the, the first scripture I read, right? Whatever you do, do it with all your might as yeah. serving the Lord, not for men. It is the Lord Christ you're serving. And there's something about marriage when we see how much work is associated with marriage. Yeah. Any amens from the Amen. gallery here today? Amen. There is so much work associated with marriage. And there are times when you just think, forget it. Like, I, it is not worth it. Yeah. And it, if I'm just focusing on my spouse... Or if she's just focusing on me, there's people who would agree and say, yeah, you're right. It's not worth it. Yeah. Like he's, he's not worth the effort. So I can't just stay focused on my spouse. I have to be able to look past the specific day that we're living, the specific item we're discussing, discussing the specific issue we're sorting through. And I have to be able to look past my spouse and see purpose because God is in it, and it is the Lord Christ that I'm serving when I'm serving in marriage. Mm-hmm. This is one of the key reasons I believe this is so important for me to consider. If I'm thinking about married marriage and I want to be married, I've got to ask myself, am I really willing to do the work? And and it's easy before you're married to be like, oh, of course I would, because I'm going to fall in love, and this person's yeah. going to be amazing. Passion. But, <laughs> but the reality is everybody gets past you know the, the, the honeymoon phase. Right. And you get into the rest of real life, which requires me to have a different vision, a different perspective, and it requires me to work hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm, I'm going to stop there. I'm going to throw it out to you guys. What are your thoughts? What are your concerns? Maybe contributions to this, but also maybe at a certain point, let's start to talk about like what, what could the pushback be or why would a younger generation, maybe, maybe not in the vein of marriage work, work in relationship, but maybe why would a younger generation think about work differently? Because I think there are different mentalities about work generation by generation. And why could this be a hard subject to digest? But maybe we start with how, how would you agree or say, you know, are there ways you would agree and say, yes, I affirm this is important. Uh, yeah, I actually have a, a great story. <clears throat> Pastor Lee totally threw me. We were meeting, and I don't know if Nate remembers this, we were meeting with a group of about 30 pastors, and it was year three of marriage, and Megan and I were kind of going through a tough one and a tough season, and I was talking to Pastor Lee on the road trip there, and he didn't say a single word. We walk into the room, and he's like, if we're surrounded by a bunch of pastors, Aaron, why don't you just ask your question now? So I, I share my situation. Long story short, a pastor speaks up and he says, you know, I've been told that year one of marriage is hard. I've been told that year three of marriage is hard. I've been told year five of marriage is hard and years 10 of marriage is hard. And I've been married to my spouse. I don't know at that time. It was something like 25 years. He's an older gentleman. He said, marriage is just work. And it never ends for you to have a good marriage. You yeah. got to be willing to work. And I think yeah. that's a testimony to hear from somebody that's been doing it for 25, 30 years. Yeah. They're still working at it. Yeah. Me at year three at that time was still working at it. Now being at 10 years, we're still working at it. And yeah. there's lots of times and moments that it would have been easier to give up, to yeah. find a different solution, to yeah. you know blame her or blame our kids or blame our, blame our circumstance and just not put that work in. So yeah, marriage is work. I totally agree that that's... Do you like, do you like being married? I love it. <laughs> it's literally the, some of the most fulfilling work I do. Mm-hmm. Good. Hey, I think we should pause for a moment and just say, cause we are going to, Oh, it's a grind. <clears throat> it's work. It's hard. But I would say we genuinely enjoy yeah. our marriage. We yeah. really love it. Yeah. I agree. It's so much fun being married to you, but it is so In, much into work. The mic, honey. In the- 
It is Get, so much fun gives, being married to Nate Swanson. He just wants this on record. Examples. He has his arm around my neck right now. <laughs> remember, remember, hold on, remember that thing I did? No, remember that thing I did the other day? It was really fun. Tell, I said that joke. Can you like? It? <laughs> Anyways, it is. I marriage is a blast. Like it is, you get your best friend by you all the time, but. Your best friend takes a lot of work. It's a lot of investment. Like, it's not just... I'm a high-maintenance best friend. (laughs) To be clear on this, too, like, I don't think Megan and I were best friends when we first got married. But our relationship has developed over years now that I would... There's no one else I'd rather spend time with than my wife. Reflecting on what you've heard? Consider sending us your questions. When you email podcast at newcity.church, your feedback could shape one of our future episodes. It's a simple way to keep the podcast relational and relevant for you. not just work between each other and it's work on yourself like yeah. if you're not willing to change and you're not willing to be yeah. humble and repent like you're gonna have a really rocky marriage because you yeah. don't have to admit you're wrong and yeah. i think um i think that's where the work ethic comes in where you can put some of that into practice because that's personal life and i agree with what you said as far as like seeing the vision as bigger than yourself of just like this isn't just a nine to five, but like, I'm actually doing this because God has placed me here right now. Yeah. And it could be a very menial, boring job, maybe a stepping stone to your next spot in life. But at the same time, like that's where you're at right now. And like, you should honor it. And right. I've worked some extremely boring jobs over the years, but I've always come back to the point of like, okay, God asks this of me and he asks me to work hard. And I want to, if I want to be able to actually have a good witness and a good testimony, like my work ethic matters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, we have to admit, or at least I would say, I, I see the correlation here because I know what, what spiritual muscles are strengthened when I'm really actually working hard at something I don't enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I believe that does absolutely correlate to marriage. Um, and, and really anything worth doing, anything of value. Um, that being said, uh, let's let's talk to that person who's like, oh, come on, let's just get back to relationships. I want to talk about relationships, but let's let's talk about like what are some of the reasons that a, a young person or an old person, a person may struggle with working hard. Like why why would this be a difficult message for some to digest? Yeah, uh, to speak from like growing up, I just had a lot of jobs, and some jobs were met with I was really passionate and excited to do it, and some jobs I just it was a paycheck and finding the different seasons of purpose in those times were really difficult at some jobs. It was like, I just didn't understand why I was there. And, you know, before I was a Christian, before I was saved, you know, like really the only motivation was the paycheck. And that was reflected in my attitude. That was reflected in the way I treated people. And then afterwards, you know, getting, uh, when I gave my life to Jesus, like an understanding of the purpose that I was behind there. And I would say work got easier, even at jobs I didn't enjoy because I had an understanding or was growing in that, I should say, really growing in that understanding of like, hey, I might, you know, be working at a sporting goods store at this season, but it's the coworkers that I'm speaking life into or encouraging or building relationships yeah. with yeah. is that 
Um, and I think I was thinking about this as you were just talking about Nora is in school right now, our seven year olds in school. And she was like complaining about how having to do math the other day. Uh, and I was like, you know, this is like a building block and people are like, ah, they should teach us taxes and in, in school and sure, whatever, instead of math. But here's the reality is like math is a building block for essentially thousands of different things you'll do in the rest of your yeah. life. So if you think about that, you might be working a job that you're not passionate about right now. That might be a building block for a season later in life yeah. that yeah. you are so learning. True. Like even when I don't enjoy work, it's still important to yeah. work, you know? So. Yeah. so like real quick, lightning round, and this may seem like no duh, but lightning super quick. Like what are some things that suck about work? What are things that you hear people commonly complain about with work? Their schedule. It's yeah. hard. <laughs> you, yeah. you don't know what you're doing necessarily. Bad okay. boss. Bad or... boss. It's bad management. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Weird coworkers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, awkward relationships. Like things aren't, things don't get dealt with between people at work. Unclear expectations. Yeah. I think with um, work ethic and with like we talked about, you said earlier about generations, like what might be different is I think our parents' generation was like nine to five traditional job. Like you don't leave it. Like you could be miserable Mm -hmm. in your job forever, but like it's for the sake of the family. And I think there was really good things about that because they were very dedicated and they you know, they had a really good work ethic, but I think there was times where that almost went so far that they had built this life of just like, I want a comfortable life. So I'm going to do everything mm-hmm. at the cost of the family. Right. And I think our generation is more on the side of like, and they've swung the pendulum almost a little too far mm-hmm. of like, can I get away with the least amount of work possible in sure. my mm-hmm. job? Um, but I think honestly, with generational stuff, like I think this next generation Um, they get, there's so much technology out there. And even after COVID, there's so many ways that you can work and make extra money that really like, if you, if you want to develop craft and skill within the technological world, you could easily get a job that does not necessarily hold true to this, the nine to five that provides flexibility. But I think a lot of times the younger generation thinks like, I'm going to be an influencer. It's not Mm going to be that much work. Those right. people spend a, a lot, lot of time editing things. Yes. Like it like the the YouTubers, like they're not just like popping out videos. Like yeah. they have yeah. built a team. They've worked hard for it. Mm-hmm. And I think there's just a disillusionment sometimes of like in our generation and even younger of like, I'm just gonna get away with doing the least amount of work possible for the sake of my dreams. And I just think not every work you do is going to be super meaningful. Right. Like, and yeah. that's okay. Like I, we all want to leave a legacy somewhere. Mm-hmm. I get that. That's like a human desire. But at the same time, like sometimes you just, you got to work a job to make ends meet. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember the exact reference, but I know in Proverbs it says, uh, it, it is good for a young man to bear the yoke in his youth. Mm-hmm. And I think there really is something about struggling when you're young because you have to learn to navigate disappointment, disillusionment, um, a roadblock, a, a boss that won't promote you, a, a schedule that won't change, like a really unfair, like I put in for this three weeks ago and I still haven't heard back. I, I actually, it's my conviction. Everybody should have to work for a bad boss yeah. Yeah. at some point totally. in their life because it shows, it, it, it can teach you a huge variety of things. One of which is gratitude for good bosses that you actually have, but it also can train you to, to evaluate whether or not you would actually be a good boss. Mm-hmm. And when you were talking about people that want to be influencers or they want latitude, they want flexibility, they want a job that has you know all of this, 
um, uh, room for margin and exploration or whatever. There's a lot of people that could pull that off, but I think there's some that would just fail miserably at that because they, they don't know how to manage themselves. And so they can become hypercritical of a boss. And yet if they were in that same role, there's others that would be very frustrated with them because as a boss, sometimes you have to make decisions that are difficult for everybody and not everybody has the vantage point to understand why that decision was made. So when you're the boss, you can tell yourself, Oh, I did the right thing. And everybody, everybody else is just being critical. And the truth is that's probably the, same position your boss is in. They actually did the right thing and you're just you're you're you don't have the vantage point to know why that was actually a wise or the best, maybe the best of a range of bad options they had. Yeah. They chose the best one. I think there is something about having to struggle through that teaches you, okay, I gotta bring this back to Jesus. I gotta vent to him. I need yeah. to open up to the right people. Not not gripe to my coworkers and tear them down and erode the morale on our team, but I got to find the right people to speak to. In marriage that's so relevant. Mm-hmm. I got to yeah, find the absolutely. right people mm-hmm. to vent to, the right people to yeah. open up to, the right the right way to approach God and and not not pray against my boss, God get him fired, but Lord, help me love and appreciate this person. Help me honor yeah. this person and encourage this person and, and draw better. the best yeah. out of this person. Yeah. I think all those things yeah. are so relevant in marriage and we wouldn't necessarily go there instinctively right. unless we've had practice in, oh wait, here's another environment where things are happening. I can't understand and I can't change. So what do I do? I learn to serve as though I'm serving Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting, like talking about what Megan was talking about, different generations, just let's go old school for a second. Our like grandparents they learned to work because they worked on farms and everybody was a part of that. And then our parents went to work to provide for our house. And so we maybe our generation maybe had like chores around the house, but it's seeming to be increasingly let's make it easier and easier and, and cushier for our children. And so then our children don't learn to do hard things. And I think if, if you were raised in that environment, I think it's really important to, identify that. Like Mm. if you had a parent that took care of a lot of stuff for you and made your lunch all the time and woke you up in the morning all the time and, you know, um, got you to school on time and, and took care of all those, you know, responsible things that you have to learn as you grow up. I think it's important to just take note of that. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, I was raised in that environment, so I didn't learn those skills because my parents did love me. They were taking care of those things for me, but I, I kind of lacked out on learning how to work hard because there's something about a kid that doesn't have that stuff taken care of. Like when they yeah. have to make their own lunch, they learn, I have to figure that out. I have to work work at that. So so we've we've kind of naturally begun the transition, so let's just go there. We've talked about the value of why this is relevant. But what does a person do? What would our counsel be for somebody who's sitting here thinking, Ugh, I complain about my boss way more than I encourage them. I, I do drag down my other coworkers and probably ruin the morale at work. I, I show up late. I phone it in. I leave early. I'm, I'm bouncing from job to job and quitting everything that doesn't yeah. cater to me. What do you tell a person who can relate to all of that? And I, I like your first point. Maybe just reflect and realize mm-hmm. Oh gosh, I haven't been trained by virtue of my family or or my my birth order or whatever. I haven't been trained to actually hold myself towards something difficult and finish strong even when it sucks. Yeah. So just acknowledge where you've come yeah. from. All right. Yeah, I think that's the first thing is get honest with yourself. Like 
don't tell yourself that you're you work hard when you play video games as soon as you get off of work and you play them till you go to bed at night like get honest with yourself and then have other people allow other people to speak into your life i think that's per, yeah. maybe pursue huge yeah pursue pursue other people mm, shout yeah. out again to Caleb Hunter <laughs> well Pers- i find sorry can, can i real quick because mm-hmm. i want to i want to chase this thought really quick but maybe amend it in addition to taking inventory of like where have i been or come from but i think there's also something about like take inventory right now and start to start to think through like what has your attitude or your track record been yeah that's good at past jobs mm-hmm. how many mo- you know how many jobs have you had where you just were never happy like you started happy yeah so you took the job, but you became unhappy. And how many of those jobs was it easy to point the finger at somebody else yeah. and just begin to evaluate? Do I ever enjoy work beyond mm-hmm. the honeymoon phase? Do I ever find fulfillment there? Do I ever find purpose there? Or am I always quickly getting to a season of discontentment with my jobs? And what does that look like? I think evaluating that is yeah. critical. So sorry, Megan. I, no, it's okay. I was going to go on the side of like pursuing people is I, I find that a lot of people who don't have a good work ethic, they're not aware of that. Mm-hmm. And so I think, and this is a hard, this is a hard conversation to have. You got to have it with the right person because they could come up with some difficult truths for you to hear. Um, but I think even if you have a good boss going to them and being like, asking them questions of like, Hey, what do you see in me? Like for my work ethic, are there things I could change? Cause maybe there's times where you're on your phone a bunch or there's things that you're doing at work that are like your boss is looking like, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to give this person a promotion because they're doing this. And maybe it would even yeah. help advance right. where you're at. But I think go to the people in your life, in your church, in your circle of influence and be like, am I known for this? Yeah. Like, because I think there's a lot of our young adults that I talk to at times where they're like, oh, I have to work four hours today, so I can't do anything before noon. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. what? I, why, why are you sleeping until 11, you know? Yeah. And I would love for them to open up the conversation of like, do I actually have a good work ethic? Like right. if you're only working four hours a day because you work at a restaurant and you make enough money, that's great. Don't spend your whole day sleeping. Yeah. Like yeah. do something with that. Find more purpose. If yeah. that pays the bills, that's great. But are you living on purpose mm-hmm. in addition to that job? Are you living on purpose? I, I, I want to key in on something you said, a phrase that we've used a few times. What are you known for? What are you known for? I want to ask that. And then I want to just let you know, like behind the scenes, when we, we've talked about this idea, before you start a relationship, go to others that you trust and say, hey, what do you think about mm-hmm. this person? I want you to know if you're a person who is not known for a good work ethic, and somebody says, hey, what do you think about this person? We would point it out. We would say, hey, mm-hmm. just so you know, you could be facing issues in your relationship in the future because this person, look at this track record. They quit this job after six months. They quit this job after a year. They quit this job after three months. And they always had a lame excuse that had to do with hard circumstance. We all have to do hard things. Mm-hmm. If you're marrying somebody who's a quitter, whether, whether they're actually quitting and walking away from a job or they're just quitting day by day, right? They're just coasting through a shift. You are going to face difficulties. So we're warning them about you. So we want to help you. <laughs> hear us. We want to help you with this. Yeah. How else can we help them, Aaron? What does this person need to hear if they recognize this and they struggle, but they want to grow? Uh, I would, yeah, that's a hard one because where my mind goes is like, 
the key to a lot of times changing a personality or changing, or not a personality, but changing something like this is a lot of times it's hard work of like repentance hmm. yeah. and yes. actually going to those people that you've wronged. Yeah. And uh, I've had uncomfortable conversations with bosses in different seasons and times where I've recognized that I've either failed or made a mistake or done something wrong and having to go and own up to those things and have those conversations. But that is, in my opinion, repentance is God's gift to us to right. help us yeah. change right these things that we recognize are unhealthy or wrong, but you want to do that with good counsel, right? You know, you don't want to just like, you could end up getting fired or like going and be like, I've been stealing. And you know, it's really how you word it or, or (laughs) I mean, if you've been stealing, you should probably get fired. Yeah. Um, you if know. you left with a pocket full of paper clips, maybe approach that differently than <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been exactly. cooking the books. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I meant like in the idea of like just like wasting time or something sure, like that. Yeah. Some sure. people would say, "Well, you've been stealing from that business." Well, it's true. You stand yeah. in, you're stealing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but figuring Scrolling. out a way to handle and do that well and with wisdom and grace. But I think handling repentance in that is important, crucial. Yeah. That was one of the things on my list. I remember actually when I was dating Rachel, I was so distracted. <laughs> Hey. With, <laughs> with my love for Rachel, I was like, I was living in Helena at the time, could not wait to spend every spare minute I could in Great Falls before she left and uh, went to Bible college in Portland. And I was just phoning it in at work and God convicted me, nailed me. And so I went to my boss and then two other people that I worked closely with and I circled them up and I just said, I want to apologize I have not been a good example of a follower of Christ. I mean, I literally went like full on Christian yeah. with them. And I said, I, my faith tells me that I should work better than this. And I've been a hindrance to you and to our company and our and my own productivity. And I'm sorry. And it was hilarious because like, in case you ever dread that conversation, they were just like, oh, it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Probably because they were feeling convicted yeah. as well. They're like, oh, man. <laughs> But those are hard conversations to have, and it refines things within you. Mm-hmm. It it changes things it in does. your heart when you're willing so to slow true. down. Because before I ever had that <laughs> conversation with them, and I think this is this is one thing I want to encourage you to do: have this conversation with Jesus, right? Because yeah. it says this, right? Work as unto the Lord. It is the Lord Christ you're serving. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're quitting every job you've ever had, if you're critical of the boss, if you're phoning it in, if you're critical of your coworkers, it is the Lord Christ that you've sinned against first and foremost. You are not seeing him in your place of work. James 4, I've been sharing this recently with our church, James 4, uh, you can look it through, parse through the content, but it essentially says this, that God has a will. He has a will for where you live and what you do. So I think you've got to believe that what he's given you in your place of work is a gift it's an assignment. It is it is a specific assignment from him and an opportunity to bridge into lives. Yeah. Right. And if you're neglecting that, that's sin against God. So start that conversation with him. And and the conversation sometimes maybe needs to start with, God, show me this. I don't yeah. I'm not convicted. I'm not bothered. I think according to your Bible and that podcast, maybe I ought to be, <laughs> but I'm not. Help me see this. Yeah. And then as you do, continue that conversation. Lord, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, I skipped this opportunity. I, I, I lied about why I was late. And, and God is going to lead you because he loves you. He's yeah. going to lead you into some other hard conversations with mentors, with coworkers, with employers, with supervisors, because he wants to refine you. He's changing things in you mm-hmm. that your spouse will benefit from in the yeah. future. Yeah. Yeah, and I think one thing I want to bring to is like be careful of who you 
who you bring or set your basis by. Because I remember oh, justifying man. a bad attitude oh, yeah. at work because my boss had a bad attitude. <laughs> but that got God convicted me and I ended up having to go back to that person and repent to them for having a bad attitude. Because we both had a bad attitude about another employee. And we were like kind of complaining and mm-hmm. gossiping. And I was like, yeah, I'm justified to have, you know, like be lazy at work or not do this or run this yeah. thing because this person's not doing it. And I had to go back at some point and be convicted or I was convicted and repent to that boss yeah. who was that guy's manager who had the ability and the right to fire him, but didn't want to for whatever reason. And like, I hear all the time, like, well, all my other coworkers, like they just don't do that. Or the, my boss doesn't like, who cares what they do? You again, just as, as Pastor Nate was saying is call, are called to serve the Lord in those environments, yeah. you know, don't mistake your boss for who your real boss is. Yeah. A wink, you know. Yeah. Oh, we get it. Yeah. <laughs> G-O-D. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, that's fantastic. And I love even the practicality of that. It is the Lord Christ you're serving. Yeah. So if you're like working for an organization and you're like, oh, nobody else cares, not even the boss and not even the owner. And they, yeah. they, they're, maybe they're, they're shoddy on their standards or they, they never follow through on these consequences or whatever. It's the Lord Christ you're serving. So do not be this high and mighty, super self-righteous Christian who's like, I'm going to do it right until all my co Like, don't do it that way. Yeah. But do it honorably before God with a normal attitude and a not weird personality, mm-hmm. but serve God. Serve him because he has the higher standard for how you work and, yeah. and not some supervisor who maybe is way worse than you are. Can I just take this a little bit different route. Do it. A little bit. <laughs> That's why I love that we have four voices in on yeah. this. So. I, and then occasionally we have Tom backing us up <laughs> with a cool riff. Hey, Tom. Insert some great music, Tom. Thank you, Tom. Nailed it. <laughs> um, I'm, I know that I've seen people that are hard workers that just end up being busy. And I think that is not, that's not what God's called us to either. Like, I just I work five jobs and I'm proving how diligent I am, that kind of person. Correct. And I just I was reminded of Psalm twenty three. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. And I think that there's a huge gift in being able to even work hard to have peace in your life mm-hmm. um, and to take times of rest. And that does not mean I just worked an eight-hour shift, and so I come home and I sit on the couch and I watch TV. That's not rest at all. Right. I think it's filling your soul with Jesus, more of Jesus. And yeah. um, I think that's so important to have times of just peace. And I understand I am a... I am a person that longs for peace, for sure, but um, probably more than the average person. But I think we can busy our life and just be doing this thing, this thing, this thing, this thing, thinking, oh, I'm a really hard worker. Well, you're not necessarily doing the right thing for your soul if you're doing that kind of stuff. Well, and I think that's that ties right back into, I think, the idea of recognizing you're serving Christ. It's mm-hmm. the Lord Christ you're serving. Yeah. Right. Because if I'm just working hard to show that I work hard, that's yeah. all about you. But if I'm working hard in response to Christ, he's going to show me the rhythms of work and rest. I think even the Sabbath principle was this, recognizing back when 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 God instituted the Sabbath, they weren't 
working to get a wage and clocking in and clocking out. They were working to survive. They were yeah. working to live. Mm-hmm. And for them to take a day and not work was essentially saying, okay, we're going to take that risk that we can go without that yeah. day of producing food and sustenance, not for ourselves, but even for our families. Right. It was a God. demonstration of faith in God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think what you're saying is totally accurate. It's not working to work. And I'm really glad you clarified that because I think that message could be lost in this. It's not working to work. It's working to to be faithful to what God's called you yeah. to and working in a way that reflects that you know it's for him right. with the attitude and with the excellence and with the character that he would want you to. But it really is about you responding to the voice of Jesus. And sometimes that voice will say rest. Yeah. I mean, he, he demonstrated yeah. that for us in the Sabbath. Yeah, well, I think people get um, the Sabbath principle backwards. I think they think I have to work so hard and then I collapse into rest on the mm-hmm. weekend or I have this day of rest when really we should be working out of a place of rest and it's yeah. reversed. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Yes. There was actually, maybe we could even inclo- include this in the show notes or description. Do we I, have show notes? I don't know. I don't know how this works. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I, there, there was Tom, a, get on the show notes. We did a sermon series uh, last year uh, regarding Proverbs. And one of the things was talking about just how we prioritize our life. And and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm convinced there's four arenas of priority that if we have those four arenas prioritized, then the rest of life is much easier to figure out. And um, it really was. It's people. Life is always about people because God's always about people. It's about uh, 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 purpose. God always wants you to have a sense of purpose. It is about uh, producing and just actually having food on the table. And your work could simply just be about producing. Mm -hmm. But it's also about preparing. God always wants you to give time and focus toward preparing. And... Uh, I, I think it actually might be helpful for people to to think through those principles with this with this subject in mind. Yeah. All right. So, um, lightning round. Any other thoughts? By the way, we're not even going to get to money. We're going to save that to another episode. <laughs> yeah, I was like, are we it's literally about... writing you a note about that? Yeah, yeah. But I, I think honestly, this has been uh, longer than yeah. I expected. But I think uh, long enough to give focus uh, appropriate focus. So, we'll would tackle... you say it was hard work? <laughs> it really was. You know. I think you wanted a different button. I did. I did. That's the one I wanted. That's, yeah. one. That's it. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I do think we should, um, just really quick, are there any other thoughts? Like if a person's growing or being challenged in this arena, uh, recap really quick. We said basically reflect on your upbringing, be honest mm-hmm. about where you're at. Uh, reflect on your work history, be honest about where you're at. Mm-hmm. Uh, go to other people, pursue input, ask them per, for perspective on who you are and how you have functioned. Repent. Have the right conversations with God and with others uh, when when He makes that clear. Recognize it is the Lord Christ you're serving, and so it is really is about it is about personally repenting to Him and sensing His voice in this. And that voice will sometimes say rest. Don't just work, 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 yeah. but but find that balance in Him. Um, I, I think another thing that I would contribute to that conversation, if you're if you're looking for ways to change, is talk to those that you see do this well. And just ask, like, what's your perspective in this? Because I want to, I, I think one thing you'll tap into, and this kind of ties into those four priorities I just shared, but I think one of the ways that you can pivot, because if you're not, if you don't have a strong work ethic, you might be more people-oriented than task-oriented. Find find the sense of purpose in your work, no matter what the job, yeah. 
And you can do that when you see it is about the people there. It's not about just cranking out widgets. It's not about, you know, just producing a thing or it's never always about ever about just earning a wage. Find a way that it's about people. I mean, you could work in a call center. It's still about people. Mm -hmm. You you could work, you know, on a tractor 90% of the time you're on your own, but there's still people connected with the process. Mm -hmm. And I would say, pray about that. Ask the Holy Spirit for insight, but also get perspective from people that you believe do this well, especially if they're in a similar line of work. You know, if they work in retail, they work in service industry and you just feel like you're, you know, you're, you're trampled on constantly or whatever it may be. Find somebody who works in a similar field, if possible, that you think do this well and investigate with them. Like, how could I change my perspective? That's good. Any other last thoughts on, on answering that question or, or anything regarding this topic? Any, any last thoughts? I think... Remember that God never wastes any season in your life. Yes. And there might be things that you're doing right now that you're just like, why, God, why am I working this job? Or why do I have this boss? Nothing is ever wasted in the kingdom of God if you have the right perspective. And there might be things that you're learning now that are going to absolutely bless you uh, in later seasons, Mm -hmm. whether it's in marriage, whether it's in work. So don't think that that season is wasted. Mm -hmm. I think of things that I've learned in different jobs that have benefited me in my job now, but also just in my marriage, like communication, how to handle when communication gets rough or bad. I've learned a lot of things um, and had had a lot of opportunities to work interesting jobs. So... Yeah. How many jobs have you had? Any guess? You had 109 before you 20, started at the church. 24, I think. Is it really? 24. But the, wow. it sounds like a lot, but there was a lot of seasonal jobs in there. Like yeah. I'd work a different job in the winter and in the summer based on like what sports season I was in. Yeah. I remember when you first started Crazy. attending the church, there was another young guy named Ryan who started, I think, in that similar season. <laughs> and you both were just talking about your work history and your job history. We're just like, these guys have done everything. <laughs> like literally everything. Between the two of them, I think every industry so is represented. True. That's probably true. <laughs> All right. Any other last thoughts, ladies? Um, I would love to just say, you you touched on this, Nate, but what if you walked into your place of work, work and thought, how can I make these people better? Good. All like, right. how can I make my boss better? How can I make my coworkers better? And not like, I don't know, raise the level of expectation, but how can I bring out the good things that are already in them? I think too often we're in places where everyone's just being Debbie Downers and mm-hmm. grouchy with each other and rude and um, complaining about one another. And instead, what if there's really great... I was just giving counsel to a, a young man the other day. He was complaining about someone and I said, what if instead of complaining, what if you actually went to this guy and said, well, it was his boss. What if you went to your boss and said, I really appreciate this, this, and this about you. And he said, are those true things? Like, do you actually appreciate that about him? And he was like, yeah, definitely. And I was like, if you point those things out, like he doesn't realize that those are uncommon things. He doesn't realize that his generosity is unusual, but he really has uncommon generosity. You could actually bring that out. Like that's a gifting in his life. Yeah. So that's good. Thanks. We've actually been talking recently in church about just the power of your words. And yeah. Rachel and I saw this at play at Cafe Rio oh the other gosh, night. Oh my gosh, I loved it. I mean, there, so there was one girl in particular, just to kind of boil the conversation down, there was one girl in particular who looked like she was taking our money and just like kind of getting through the end of her shift. And Rachel just said, I want to thank you so much. We actually were at a different re- restaurant recently and we had a bad experience there, but just your attitudes, like your whole staff has just made this fun and made it good. And 
<laughs> you could just watch. She just changed right in front of, just yeah. transformed. She went from dour and sour to like, oh, really? Is there anything else I could do? For you? <laughs> like it was. You can do that as a coworker if you're working yeah. on, like, you're working yeah. behind the scenes. It's just so one true. of those days. Like, you can draw that out. That is encouraging. That yeah. is calling forth a different spirit mm-hmm. out of those you work with. I yeah. like that. Yeah. One last thing I have is. Um, I know we have quite a few married couples that even listen to this. And so if you are married and already in a relationship, and I think these are great questions to ask your spouse, because there might be things in your marriage that you're not great at working at, or Mm -hmm. they see like, okay, you're kind of lazy and you come home from work and you just zone out. Um, And I think there's always room to grow in that area. And I think I've talked to, you know, people over the years where it's like, oh, my husband just comes home from work and gets on his phone or, oh, my husband quits these jobs without finding another one or whatever. Or even like, oh, Oh, my wife doesn't want to work. Hold Um, on. Go back over that real quick. Quitting a job before finding another one. (laughs) Yeah. Don't. It's like adulting 101. Please don't do that. Yeah. Don't. Sorry. But I mean, like, if you're in a marriage and you're like listening to this podcast and thinking, dang, I don't even do this, like start now because you're going to have to keep working on your marriage. And if you're not, if you're just like, oh crap, I've missed the, missed the mark. And now I'm just doomed. Like there's no way, like there's hope and you can just keep working hard and finding ways to continue to improve your work ethic. Cause if you have, if you're raising kids, like you got to change that. That's true. And with or without marriage, if you're single and you listen to this with or without marriage ever in your future, check it out. This is what you're called to. This is out of Matthew 5. This is from the message paraphrase. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. Yeah, we are. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? (laughs) I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine, keep open house, be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Yeah. Let's bring that out in our places Mm -hmm. of work. Yes. Let's bring that out. Come on, a flavor and a glimpse of the kingdom. Let's bring that out. All right. Rachel, why don't you pray for our listeners? Yeah. God, I thank you so much for each person that's listening to this. And I pray that they would be more in love with you, that you would reveal yourself to them, God, that you would um, help them to be more aware of you in their lives. And um, I pray that you would help them to have self-awareness and... um, be able to reach out to others for help and encouragement and in this arena of working hard. Uh, I pray that we would be Christians that really point others to you and that we would help uh, people to really love the place that they work out and work at and that they we would be able to help draw out greatness in others around us. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.